What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Xander Oltman, who's the co-founder of Scope. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Going well. How are you? I'm doing really well. I, you know, it's one of these days where I'm just interviewing founders all day and I get more energy than ever, maybe too much energy, but more energy than ever uh, from these conversations. So I'm excited to learn more about what you're doing with Scope. For people that haven't heard of Scope or aren't familiar with you yet, what are you working on? What is Scope? Yeah. So Scope is defined a new category, uh, what we call implementation as a service. Um, And what this means is that we partner with no code and API software companies uh, like Square and Plaid and Argyle and a ton of others uh, to implement their products for their customers. Um, so for example, Argyle sends over a customer to Scope platform to implement two of their new products that they have. Um, all the customer needs to do is input some high level requirements in the platform, then they're immediately matched with the perfect expert. Um, and then from there, they're up and running in a couple weeks. So this is good because I, um, I'm like a master at stitching stuff together poorly. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not technical, right? And you're, you've probably heard this before, right? Like I, I can stitch tons of stuff together, but, but it's kind of, it's kind of a mess. So I do have just a question is just for my own knowledge. Cause I could totally use this. So tell me a, a little bit, or I guess tell like the, the people listening. Cause I know mm-hmm. before scope, like before you started doing what you're doing, what's the landscape um, of like the tools and, and, and connecting these things. Can you just kind of walk us through what were things like um, kind of before you got started with, with what you're doing? Yeah. So, you know, I would really break that out into two different categories. I would say your, you know, your behemoths, your hundred million dollar plus, you know, revenue generating um, software companies uh, that had your partner networks, think like Salesforce partner network, think Workday's par- partner network. Um, and then you have the rest of the crowd. So the sub hundred million. Um, and historically, what has happened on that, you know, sub hundred million dollar, let's call it uh, company um, segment, a lot of that was either internal professional resources being spun up to help get those customers live. Um, sometimes it was very loose kind of, um, you know, one off, uh, like freelancer relationships that were pretty unorganized and, and was really hard to build like some type of repeatable process. Um, and so that was really kind of like the the, you know, before scope existed, what was really going on. Um, and what we started to see was that there was this really large kind of space exploding that everybody's kind of been seeing happen over the last decade or so, especially with COVID coming up um, of a lot of folks that are more interested in work from home, want to get into more freelance work. 
Um, and, you know, companies like Upwork and Fiverr really kind of pioneered this space and, and really aggregate a lot of folks on the supply side. Um, so it just kind of made sense that this was kind of the next kind of generation of Fiverr Upwork, as well as the next generation of professional services. Um, and kind of taking that Salesforce model, that workday model of having those, you know, large partner ecosystems or expert ecosystems and bring those to the rest of the crowd. Um, and then you combine that with the kind of explosion in technologies for SMBs. But as we know, and kind of as you kind of alluded to, um, SMBs are really kind of, um, you know, consumer grade products. But even then, it's not their day-to-day job to learn how these software products work. It's just like, I run a bakery. I just need to get live. Um, I need to start marketing to customers as quickly as possible. I need to get my Square Online store set up as quickly as possible. Um, and so that was really kind of the turning point that we started to see. And, and, you know, I think we talk about this a lot, but it's especially where we sit. Um, it's really great to see a lot of these SMBs that are now wanting to become tech enabled um, as opposed to, you know, what we saw five, even 10 years ago. Um, yeah. And I'm curious the, the makeup of it, it, let's say I was to, I had a big company or a company that had a nice budget and I was to work with scope. Is it mainly um, you provided me with someone or a group of people that know how to do this and I can just like, you know, they handle it. Is it a lot of software implementation? Is it kind of both? Can you kind of, I, I guess my question is if, if someone was to work with you, what, what does that look like? What's the breakdown of work and what, what can they expect mainly? Cause like I'm interested from, from my own knowledge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess the first question, oh, we'll just give you a real world example here. What products would you want to implement? Well, I th- will see if this is uh, in line with like what you do, but I'm a huge fan of uh, um, using Zapier to stitch together things like t- like Typeform, linking that to Slack, linking that to like, like Typeform comes in Slack. Maybe if someone pays through Stripe, it all goes through, it goes through Zapier, then Slack, maybe one email. Um, so it's just that kind of, I, for basics, those are the kind of some of the tools that I work with. Additionally, some like the Twitter automations, like when something oh, happens yeah. in Twitter, um, trigger something else. Um, so it's very like Zapier oriented. Totally. So why don't we say this? Why don't we say that you wanted to get those email notifications up and running? Um, and you identified Nihilus as like the vendor that you wanted to use, the, you know, Nihilus's product or email product that they have. Um, so let's say you went to Nihilus's website, um, you get in contact with the sales rep or, uh, you know, you go to hypothetically, if they had an expert services page, let's say, um, you would either go to the expert services page and you would see a little button that says get expert help. And then what would happen at that point is you would click that button. um, You would get a modal that pops up and that modal would have some really basic fields, your name, your email, and just a really high level description of what you wanted to get done. What would then happen is that that information then would get sent to our platform. Um, From that point on, there would be, you know, five to 10 Nihilus experts that would see what you wanted to get done. Um, And if we needed more experts, if it was this kind of conglomerate of all these different products uh, that are out there, you know, be able to put together a team of experts. Um, and then what would happen is you would be in contact and you, you, you'd be contacted with an expert um, right on the scope platform. You'd come in, you would see a couple different offers. You would see, you know, which one you like the best. And then from there, you would just pick that one, get going. Um, and the reason why the experts are important is because you don't have to take the time to learn these new technologies or these new products that you wanted. Um, and so you could, you know, get up and running in at least, I would say half the time, um, and, uh, you know, have a simple, really easy way to track the progress of the project the entire way through. 
So you can do contracts, you can do payments, you can do project management. There's chat between you and the expert. Um, and the reason why this is all really important is because the folks that have historically kind of been in the dark with this um, have been the vendors. So let's say you did come in through Nihilus. Um, Nihilus would be able to see all of the work that's getting done. They would see how long the projects take. Um, and so this is just a really clean, easy way for us to help onboard customers as quickly as possible. Because if we're at the point of sale, um, we're at the point of a peak buying, let's call it, um, you are more likely to want to continue to go through with this process if you're right there, ready to go. Um, and so we've, we've been able to kind of capture a lot of that stuff um, with a really easy, simple get expert help button. So that'd be like one avenue you'd come in through. And let's hypothetically say um, the Nihilus sales team was on the phone. You know, they contacted you, you set some time up with them. Those sales reps can now actually sell expert services um, that would be a similar process where they send you a link, you click get started, you're off to the races. Yeah, I, you know, every company that comes on to the podcast, I think is really awesome. But like specifically, like this, this is totally going to be a huge company just because I know, like I, I've been in the week, like I'm kind of a no coder. That's kind of like, but I, I, uh -huh. I imagine yeah. if I... Imagine if I didn't have to become a no coder, right? Like that, like what I would have been able to accomplish instead of stitching all, you know. Yeah, no, this is great, and I'm, I know, I know, there's plenty of other people in my shoes that that feel that feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's cool. So kind of now we understand kind of what you're doing. Let's look out, you know, for a while. Let's say five years out, ten years out, fifteen years out. What do you kind of see for scope? Um, what's the vision here, and what direction are you going in as you're building this out? Yeah, so I, you know, when we started this business about a year and a half ago, the vision's been exactly the same. I don't see it deviating too much from that. Um, it really all, it, it, at the end of the day, this business is about connecting customers with experts, you know, to get them live as quickly as possible. Um, and how do we continue to facilitate that process? Um, and so that may look a lot more like maybe some more learning and development on the platform. Um, you know, big picture we'll try to work with every possible software vendor out there. Um, you know, I think there's something, last time I looked, there's something like 14,000 software vendors to date if you pull Crunchbase Pro data. Um, but, you know, all those 14,000 companies are going to need experts for them. Um, so I think, you know, long-term, and when, you know, we originally kicked off this business, I had this vision of being able to pull people off the sidewalk and say, hey, do you want to come learn um, some no-code products, or hey, do you want to come learn maybe some APIs and learn how to code a little bit um, and try to get folks work. Um, and at the end of the day, that's really all we're trying to do. Again, is connect customers with experts, but those experts should be compensated. Um, and so that requires just a lot of lifting and a lot of um, automated matching. So you can start to see how this business kind of evolves into this automated kind of um, matching and learning and development machine over time. Um, yeah. I just, I just made the connection. I don't know why it took so long. I would like you would like, ultimately I would just get involved with this as a, as on the other side of things as, a, as, a, as someone that knows all the, all the, the, how this stuff works. It, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I can't code. I'm slightly, slightly technical, like very slightly, but I can't code. And I really think I've, I, I might be, maybe I'm biased, but like, I, I think I'm a, a very, very, very good no coder. I've been able to accomplish a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and it's just, I, it, it just, I feel like there's so much more potential for, for that, right. I just, just like for that market, like the, the impact of no code. Right. Um, and that's why I kind of, I'm excited about what, what you're doing here. Yeah. Uh, and you just shared your vision, which I think is awesome. Um, in order to make that happen, 
uh, and br bring it to life, you'll need some help. It takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you looking for capital? Are you looking for no coders? Or I don't know if that's exactly how you describe them, but you're looking for those types of people, customers, yeah. you know, how can we assist? Yeah, so right now, and I think this is always going to be true, but getting to those 14,000 software companies, um, you know, it, it's not easy, I'll tell you that. Um, but that is kind of how we see the sharp point of the spear for this business and, and how we continue down our path of success. Um, so if there's anybody out in, uh, you know, founder land that, that knows any good software vendors that, that need help getting their customers live, would love to talk to those vendors. Cool. And then if someone's interested in this, they're, they're hearing this conversation and they want to learn more, how can they learn more about you? Um, are you, do you have a website? Do you have social media? Do you have an email? Telepathy? You know, how can they get in touch? So we have all the above, including telepathy. Um, so we could, yeah, the best way to do it would be to go to scopeinc.com. So that's S-C-O-P-E-I-N-C.com. Um, or you go to Twitter, uh, you go to LinkedIn, uh, but the website's probably the easiest place to do that. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Matt.